Hey, welcome back, our ghostly friends. I'm Pat, and I am hashtag Team Skeptic. <laughs> and I'm Rebecca, and I am hashtag Team Believer. <laughs> and with us today is Armando Kent. You might remember him from our Christmas special. Mondo, why don't you say hi? Hi, I'm hashtag right down the middle. I don't believe you on that one. <laughs> I believe you're hashtag believer too. Yay! Uh, yeah, believer most of the time, but there's sometimes that, uh, you know, there's obviously rubbish, something that, you know, definitely isn't real. Yeah, like all ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, we're going to talk about our poll results from the last episode, which was Ladies of Batcher's Grove. Yes. So we actually had two polls that we did. Uh, first was, do you believe that the Madonna or the lady in white of Bachelors Grove is real? And this one, interesting. Um, we had three choices and it looks like just barely the winner was no, it's just a legend. Oh, just barely? Just by, barely. Yeah, by 50%. Well, 50%, <laughs> but 30, it was, the others were divided. So I think we should add them together because no, it's no, 33% no, no. for yes, I'm a believer and 16 for I'm not sure. And to me, those are both believers. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I won. I won that one. <laughs> All right, what about the other? Uh, so the other poll was for our spirit box, and this one was split. So 50% said they could hear something, and 50% said no, they could not. Yeah, but interesting enough, I only received one person's feedback of what they heard and when they when they heard it, mm -hmm. and I went back and listened to it, and I didn't hear that. Uh, shocking that yeah. you didn't hear it. Mondo, I think I sent it to you. Did you get a chance to re-listen to it? Yeah, I did. Uh, I think I heard the score to the Cubs game. Yeah. And, that, <laughs> yeah, and and they won. Uh, they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think well, that it was a little be hard crazy to tell, because yeah. that was in the middle of December, so that wouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, well, see, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> see, well, I something. heard. I heard Bachelor's Grove. So I I, I heard absolutely nothing. But as Mondo coined the phrase, rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> All right. Well, today is our St. Valentine's Day Massacre special. Woohoo! Yeah. It's a very special day for us. It's our Valentine's Day episode. And Rebecca, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say Valentine's Day? Uh, flowers. Flowers? Yes. I like getting flowers on Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. I see. And uh, Mondo, how about you? Candy. Candy. Lots of candy. Oh, those little yeah. sweetheart things? Or, they're not uh, yeah. out the ones this that melt year. Your did mouth? you hear what? that? No. Yeah, they're yeah. not. They're not. Why? I don't know what, I didn't hear why. What Did you hear why? Yeah, because kids were putting together these secret messages and they were making people sext each other then. No, I'm just kidding. Like, I have no idea why. Like, what? It's, it's kids candy, like drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um. How about you, you know, Pat? What do you think of when well, you think of Valentine's what Day? What I think of is I think of the north side of Chicago and of daytime murder <laughs> because I think about St. Valentine's Day Massacre. <gasps> and that's what today's episode is going to be about. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre is a mobster story. But some would say that it crosses over into a more ghostly part of Chicago history. Mm -hmm. And I know my believers here would, would agree with that. Oh, we're going to talk about it. We are? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unfortunately. But first... <laughs> Yeah. You can give us the history. Yeah, and uh, it's got a very interesting history. Uh, we are going to tell you the real story of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Ooh. As best we know it. Okay. Um, 
St. Valentine's Day Massacre takes place, oddly enough, on February 14th, 1929. Mm. And let's put that time period into some kind of perspective, because to me, that always helps um, grasp history a little bit. Mm -hmm. So Prohibition started January 17th, 1920, and ended December 4th, 1933. And the Great Depression didn't start until October 29th, 1929. Oh, and so that's kind of interesting. So February is when this happened, and then yes. October was the, yeah, the so, big crash. Yeah, so we're already nine years into Prohibition, mm-hmm. which made the mob a very profitable business in Chicago, and it was before the Great Depression, so people had money to spend still. Yeah. If it was after the Great Depression, there wouldn't be as much money. Capone might have decided to do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the reason El Capone, the leader of the Southside Gang, felt it was time to take over Chicago, but he needed to go through his rival, George Bugs Moran, and the Northside Gang. Uh, during my research, I found, I was like, why why Bugs? Like, Scarface, mm-hmm. Al Capone makes sense. He had a scar on his face. Mm-hmm. But Bugs, that didn't mm-hmm. make any sense. And that's because he was crazy. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I thought he had fleas. Yeah, he might have, you know. I mean, being on the north side, if he was in the clean south side I was going to say, area, I, this you know. is really hard for me because, you know, we have a north side, south side thing. And I just, it's sad that my north side. Yeah, but oddly enough, I'm a Cubs fan, though. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so Moran was a strict Catholic and was disgusted that Capone engaged in the prostitution business. Mm. So Capone had it all. He had gambling, he had booze, and he had prostitutes. It was sort of a one-stop shop for all men of those days. (laughs) They can get all their needs fulfilled. Uh, There's a long history between these two two gangsters. They kept one-upping each other. One would uh, kill the other person's hitman, and then the other person would... It just went on and on and on. Mm -hmm. But what really pushed the St. Valentine's Day Massacre into happening was Moran made a failed assassination attempt on Capone at his headquarters at the Hawthorne Inn, which is in Cicero, Illinois, Mm. or was. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, I don't know. But man, if you're going to try to take a Capone, you better succeed. Yeah. Yeah, Well, they tried. They tried their absolute best. Moran's men shot more than 1,000 rounds at the inn and a nearby restaurant, but failed to hit their target. Wow. If that place is still around, I'm sure it's a lot of bullet holes. Yeah, I don't think it's around. Mondo, do you know if it's around? No, I don't believe it is. Yeah, I okay. don't think so either. Cicero's changed a lot. Mm. But oddly enough, it still had a lot of prostitution for many, many years after this. So. I think you could find a lot of bullet holes in a lot of places too. Uh, yeah, that's probably. probably yeah. true. So uh, the setup was the day before Valentine's Day, Moran received a phone call offering him a large shipment of booze from Detroit at a discount price. Moran arranged to have this delivered the next day at 10.30 a.m. to his headquarters at the SMC Cartage Company, where he kept all of his bootleg trucks. Now, you would think that you would be a little suspicious if someone called you and was like, hey, I've got some extra booze that I can give you at a discounted (laughs) price tomorrow, and you would not suspect. You would think, but um, Moran... Was, was besides just being nuts, he was also a little slow. Oh. Yeah. So uh, obviously, we know that this was a setup, <laughs> but he didn't at the time. And at 10.30 a.m., two cars pulled up at the garage at the SMC Cartage Company at 2122 North Clark Street on Valentine's Day. One was a police car, 
and the other was a green and black 1927 Cadillac sedan. Four people got out of the two vehicles. Two were dressed like police officers, and two were in plain clothes. Mm. The two mock police officers busted into the building and declared that it was a raid and ordered the seven men there to stand up against a whitewashed wall. Then the two plainclothes men came in, and they had Tommy guns. So crazy. Yeah. They opened up on all seven men. By the way, six of these were mobsters, and one of them was an eye doctor that just liked to hang around with mobsters. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah, well, yeah, that was the end of him. I guess so. if you <laughs> if you hang out with mobsters, you end up sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> yeah, or you get a horse, in, horse head in your bed. <laughs> I don't know how they actually got the horse head into the bed without the person waking up, but okay, whatever. Um, So they sprayed 90 rounds with the two Tommy guns, one shotgun, and a revolver. Just just for good measure. Revolver. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, one of the one of the police officers had a revolver. Oh, that would it wouldn't police look right. officers in quotes. Yeah, it wouldn't look right if they had Tommy guns because the police didn't carry Tommy guns. They had shotguns and revolvers. That's true. Uh, all seven men were killed, except for Frank Gusenberg. Oh. But they did not get Moran, oddly enough. Uh, Moran slept in that day, and when he showed up at the SMC, he noticed that a police car was outside his business and thought it was a raid as well, so he ducked into a corner restaurant where oh. he could see everything from there. I see. Yeah. And uh, what was kind of sad about this, uh, I don't know how sad because they're all mobsters, but <laughs> except for the eye doctor, yeah. Um, the real police didn't show up for a long time after this because none of the neighbors called them. Because what they saw uh, was police officers going into this business and they heard noises right. and then they saw the police officers leave. Mm-hmm. So they thought that the police actually dealt with, with right. whatever was going on. But Frank Gusenberg, when they did find him, he was still alive. Mm-hmm. And they rushed him to the hospital, and he had been shot 14 times. Mm. And they asked him, who shot you? And reportedly he said, nobody shot me. Wow, loyal to the end, to the mobster code. Yeah, and then he died. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's never really been tied to El Capone, although, come on, we all know it was El Capone that did it. Mm-hmm. In fact, in 2009... Um, um, the the other vehicle, not the police squad car that mm. was burned afterwards, was found, and they oh. believe that it drove from that from from the St. Valentine's Day massacre to Dearborn and was put in a garage and was walled in. Oh, wow! And then it's it's recently if, turned up. If only that's the room that Geraldo had tried to get right. into, he right. would have found yeah. something. <laughs> Man. Well, he did find stuff. He found old beer bottles. <laughs> I was so excited for that as a kid. I was so excited that whole night. Uh, nobody that's outside of Chicago has any idea what we're talking about <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> but I, I watched that three-hour special, oh, the too. the whole yeah. thing. The yeah. whole thing. In fact, I didn't want to leave when there was a commercial because they might just cut back in, you know? <laughs> So Capone was never actually tied to the crime. He had a very solid alibi during this time that he was in his Miami house. Mm. So it's kind of hard to shoot people from Miami to Chicago. Yeah, but you can give the order for someone to shoot someone else. And he definitely did. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre pretty much ended Bugs Moran's control over the north side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, oddly enough, though, Capone passed away before Moran did. 
Mm. But Capone died of syphilis. Yes. Actually, cardiac arrest. Wow. That was attributed to the- 48 years old, mm. I think, when he died. That's possible. I think that's what I that's read. That's possible. Yeah. So, do you guys have anything more to add for the history? I don't think so. No. You did a pretty good no, job. I, I, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You know. By the way, story. the weather that day was uh, around 24 degrees. Oh, okay. And you'll notice if you watch some of the movies about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre that it was snowing. It was not snowing. Oh, okay. Hmm. There were so, no footprints, what you're saying. Well, there was snow the day before. Oh, okay. And since it was 24 degrees, the snow was still there, but it was not currently snowing. Mm -hmm. So, bam, I just blew open the whole movie that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a movie skeptic too. There you go. Now, Rebecca, I know you have some ghost stories that revolve around the infamous story of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and mm -hmm. Mondo's here for a purpose as well, and we will get into that. Oh yeah. So, uh, so the so the history that Pat just told us is really just the start of the story in a lot of ways. So, since the massacre happened, it was obviously famous is something that everyone heard of in the newspapers. It's actually increased the police um, looking into Al Capone because yes. they, even though they couldn't arrest him, they knew that well, this it was, was him. This was daytime murder too. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. that really was not shocking. common in those days. It was really like a slap in the face of mm -hmm. the police. Yeah. 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 I believe that's what triggered like a lot of the um, uh, gun laws. That, and I mean, just a, in awareness, awareness yeah, yeah, investigating the mob because yeah. before that they pretty much allowed them to do what they wanted. But once they that kind of thing happened, it was like you know suddenly yeah. you know they had a lot of eyes on them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really shocking. Well, and just one thing, uh, did you mention where like the address? Yeah, twenty one twenty two North Clark. Yeah, so we went on a tour, Mondo and his wife and us. We went on a tour in Chicago, and we went to the location where this is. And it weirded me out because I've been, I've walked by this location many times and had no idea that that's where it was because mm. they tore down the building and I'll kind of bring that up later. But um, it's right across the street from this pizza place that I love. And I just was like, I can't believe that I've walked by this. What's so many the name times. of that pizza place? Oh, um, Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinders. Oh, it's yeah. Hey, did you want to bring up your connection with the place across the street? Uh, we once uh, produced a uh, mold for them and that, uh, of their ovens that they sell. Wow. I mean, it's their oven is like the, the key to their business. Yeah, really. I mean, because they make like pizza, pizza pot pies. Yeah. It looks like. Crust on the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's delicious. Anyways, okay. So ghost stories, ghost stories. So. I'm going to break, there's kind of three different ones. All right, so, let's do them one at a time. One at a time. So first is Al Capone himself yes. believed that he was haunted by uh, the ghost of one of the people that was killed in the mm. massacre, James Clark, who is the brother-in-law of George Moran. He started seeing him, uh, Capone started seeing uh, Jimmy when he was sent to jail for a concealed weapons charge. Uh, and um, then he continued to see him after he got out. He he saw him when he was in Alcatraz. He saw him just always. He was just constantly in his life, and he fully believed that he was being haunted by Jimmy. Mm. Uh, he even hired a psychic at one point named Alice Britt to try and get rid of the spirit, oh. and it did not work. Ooh, I have a good idea of why, but Mondo, <laughs> do you have anything to add to that one? Uh, as far as I've heard, uh, Jimmy was um, 
uh, he was already in the advanced stages of syphilis, Al Capone was. Yeah. And then, so they didn't know if it was because of that that he was seeing this ghost or something else. Yeah. But I always found it funny um, from what I've read is that they actually let him out for good behavior at that point. Yeah. Because he's up all, all night screaming. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, this guy's got to go. <laughs> and also, he was only in there for tax evasion, too. Yeah. Not right, for, that's not true. Not for Moida. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, is that I, I really believe that it was the syphilis because that is one of the... Um, one of the things that can happen to you during syphilis is it causes brain damage. And he was known to have gone crazy right at the very end. Yeah, one of uh, one of his guys was asked how his if he was ever going to come back and rule the or go back to work for the Chicago gang, and the guy said that uh, he's as nutty as a fruitcake. Yeah, and they have a lot of nuts in those fruitcakes. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I'm going to save some of my evidence for the debate of oh, okay. why I. There are some reasons why we might believe his being haunted, but okay, yeah. I thought this was kind of the debate too, so <laughs> so I gave away that. So I'll I'll let you just tell the ghost story part then. Um. So then the uh, another ghost story is that the location itself is haunted. So it had several small businesses over the years. Um, actually, I, should, I just think just two. Um, but the people never stopped coming by. So I talked about, you know, it, just, it was very famous, this thing that happened. And it always was a point of interest. People have always been drawn to it. And so to, there's a lot of energy with that. Uh, but with those people that always came by, even after the building was, they tore down the building in the hopes that, this would stop people from wanting to come to this this place um, in 1967, but it hasn't stopped anybody. They fenced it off. They planted a tree right where the wall was, where everyone yeah. got shot. Um, but it's basically been considered haunted ever ever since the event happened. Um, mm. So some of the things people have seen would be um, unusual light or mists have been mm. reported. Male voices are heard, even though there's no one that they seem to come from. There's also sounds of screaming. Obviously, we can imagine why that would be. Uh, machine gun fire can still be heard by people living around there or pass, uh, passing by. Um, sensitive people who stand in front of the fence long or walk by it um, will have a sense of fear. Animals will also react and have a sense of fear for no particular reason. Mm. Um Mondo, I was going to ask you, do you remember, he talked about on our tour, our thing about um, the, the the old the the old folks' home that's Correct. right there. Did they hear things too? Was that part of it? Uh, I believe he said that, but, you know, a couple of things, and this is going to sound like a, from the skeptical side, mm -hmm. but when they start talking about hearing screaming and voices and things like that, I mean, it is an old folks' home that's yeah. right there. So, I mean, I think that. <laughs> Might explain that. The other thing when, you know, dogs walk by and they kind of get weirded out. Well, well, you ever smell an old folks home? <laughs> and <laughs> um, it is next to a field. And for all we know, they might just be looking and sensing something in that field that came from old people. Yeah. Well, I have I have more to add to that, but I'm going to wait for the debate oh, okay. part of it. Not, right. not during the ghost story part ah, of it. So. Okay. so I have one more. Okay. Which a thing that is haunted, which is the bricks themselves. So hmm. I mentioned that they had planted a tree where the, the wall once stood, but the wall itself was not destroyed. 
So once the, so a little bit of history here, um, when they decided to tear down the building, there was a Canadian businessman named George uh, Patey, I think is his last name, P-A-T-E-Y. I think it was Patty. Patty? Patty, me mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was Canadian. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, bought the wall from the city. Uh, he carefully labeled, they carefully labeled them with a grid of letters and numbers so that it could be perfectly reconstructed. So they he bought, there was a 412 bricks. Now there's some rumors that some of the construction workers stole some of the bricks. What? what? But anyway, so he took the bricks and he opened a roaring, roaring 20s themed bar in 1972 in Canada. And he reconstructed the wall in the men's bathroom. So women were allowed in twice a week to see it. Were the guys urinating while they came in? So here's the thing. I was confused by this. Why in the world would you put this in the men's bathroom? Yeah. He put plexiglass in front of it so that the guys could see if they could hit particular bricks. Oh, okay. When they went to the bed. I don't. I don't know. It was really weird. Those Canadians. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, we do like Canadians. And if you are from Canada, please keep listening to the show. We're, <laughs> yeah. not, we're not making fun of you, Canadians. Uh, okay. I'm just going to say boys are I like are, your maple syrup. Boys are weird. So just that one guy. <laughs> just the one guy, yeah. Just, just the one Canadian there, in particular. Okay. So the club closed after a few years. Gee, surprise. Hmm. He put the bricks in storage and then tried to sell them. I read a couple different versions of this. So some say he first tried to sell them as a whole block, but couldn't. Uh, others say he never tried to do that and he just sold them individually for $1,000 and then had many of them returned to him because people were like, nope, they're haunted. So they had bad luck in the form of illnesses, financial ruin, divorce, death. It was like one of those things like they're possessed or they have bad mojo. And so they they returned them saying, I can't, you know, there's too much negative energy with this brick. So what exactly happened to all the bricks is unknown. But when Patey died, uh, his niece, Kendall O'Leary, yes, O'Leary, oh. come on, Chicago. So that's from the Great Chicago Fire, There right? you go. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's no relation, but just I thought that was interesting. I love how we celebrated, too, the Great Chicago Fire. It was great. It was <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> it was a sight to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she inherited over 300 of the, oh, sorry, 416 bricks that he had. Mm. So she sold them to the Las Vegas Mob Museum, where you can go today and see them all reconstructed with obviously a few holes and uh, some urine and some urine. <laughs> no, there was plexiglass. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So that sums up your ghost stories yes. then, right? And um, Mondo is with us today for a very special reason. Mm -hmm. We did have something happen to us when we went on the ghost tour mm -hmm. and we were at the St. Valentine's Day Massacre spot location. Mm-hmm. Uh, so would you like to talk about that? Sure. All right. Would you like to describe for us what, what happened in this picture? It's yep. a, it's a live picture, so it's more like a video. Yeah. Okay. So I've been to that same site. I mean, myself, you know, like she, Rebecca mm -hmm. had mentioned that she's mm -hmm. been there and I mean, I've gone past her. I've just strolled past and every time I did know that that was where, you know, the massacre took place and I've always looked for something just because, you know, and um, I think one time I saw an old guy behind the tree doing something, 
you know, but oh. uh, yeah. Wow. And uh, maybe he maybe he was urinating. He was too. the source of the urine. Yeah. And yes. See, that's why animals would be freaked out. <laughs> but um, basically, uh, I've never seen anything over there. That being said, I want to see something. Maybe you yeah. know, and I mean, so my mind's gonna you know think. I I, I want to believe. If I can't, I mean, or at least, you know, I want to be able to see something if it's, you know, so that I then have an opinion just like anyone else, you know? Absolutely. And, um, anyway, we went to, on the Ursula, uh, Ursula Bolesky tour and that was one of the stops. And when we got out and we walked over there, I started taking some pictures and I really didn't look at the pictures. You know, I just took several images, you know, and usually that's what they, you know, ask you to do. So I just held up my, uh, my phone and I took a couple, uh, of live photos, you know, which gives you like a second before Mm -hmm. and a second after. So basically it's like a two second video. Yeah. And I just kind of, I took several images, one, uh, to the South, one to the West of the yard, Mm -hmm. and then one of the tree in that area. So we got home and the very next day I'm just kind of looking through my photos and just for the heck of it, you know, you know, I, when I got to that one photo, I noticed like a little white spot Mm. in there. So I kind of zoomed in on it and that's when I remembered it was a live photo. So I went to the editing section where you can kind of scroll back and forth just to see, you know, those couple frames before and after. Yeah. And when I did that, that's when I was shocked because that white, spot that i first saw actually looked more like a miniature comet and when i backed (laughs) it up it looked like it jumped from the tree and it kind of did a little spiral turned around a couple times and then went back into the tree it did a little dance it did yeah Yeah. and it boogie (laughs) woogie and it did it very well yeah so because i i've never seen anything like that and um you know i was happy to actually have that, you know, that I'm looking at something that I took. It wasn't a case where somebody else is trying to explain it or show me something. I'm like, you know, that's a Photoshop. That's, but this is clearly something I took. And I mean, it's something. It looks like purposeful movement. Yeah. It's not just random or a light moving steadily or anything like that. It's definitely seems purposeful to me. I don't know how purposeful it is because it does not go in a set pattern. If it was purposeful, it would do a figure eight or a square <laughs> or a triangle. It it goes all over the place. Yeah. So well, I would I not mean, say purposeful a, well, though, for that. Yeah. And I've shown it to people and I've tried to kind of look at it like what it could possibly be. Was it somebody with a light pen or something like that? But the one thing that stands out when I look at it is it's not light that's projected onto a solid surface like the building behind it. Mm-hmm. And if that were the case, when it came from the tree, how did it like dance in midair and then mm-hmm. go back? Wouldn't it have looked as if it were suddenly on the brick, if it were a light? You know, but instead of that, it's like it's in midair mm-hmm. and yeah. it does its little thing and shoots off. Well, um, I think we need to talk about this more in the debate section. Nice. So that I can say what I believe. Okay. Um, so, but I think we are ready to start this debate. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is the El Capone. Okay. Influence on this story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you guys mentioned um, 
there's a lot going on with Al Capone and his health. Uh, but really, the haunting started vi- less than a year after the St. Valentine's Day massacre. He mm-hmm. was in, oh, I w- another state. And I, of course, did not write down what the state was. Um, but he got pulled over for a concealed weapons charge. So he actually was what? in jail for a year before hmm. the Wait, whole tax evasion thing. he had a thing. weapon? Yeah, he did. That he concealed. Oh, my God. I know. So when he was in jail, a lot of the inmates and the uh, people heard him screaming mm-hmm. Jimmy in his cell. And they would, um, uh, the inmates heard him, the guards heard him. And he had everything in this jail cell. Like they were still treating him really nicely. Like he had phones, he could call his lawyer. He was like, there was no like he was still running his business from this east eastern state penitentiary i think it was um but anyway so that started then once he got out of jail for that his bodyguards often reported running in to try to save him because they thought he was being attacked because he would scream and yell uh for um for hours in the night um he called that psychic i mentioned after the psychic came his valet, his personal valet, Jaime Cornish, claims that he entered the apartment and saw a tall man standing near the window. He demanded to know who the man was, but instead of answering, he slipped behind a curtain and disappeared. Wait, was he a shadow person? I, I No, I think this was ghost oh, because okay. he looked like more like a person, not a okay. shadow. And was he, Now, was he wearing all white? That I don't know. It's not reported. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so he called, Jaime called all the bodyguards in. They searched the room and they could find no one other than Capone. And they, they did this immediately. And Capone uh, insisted that it was Jimmy that they had seen. Okay. And all of this took place long before he was in Alcatraz and before okay. he got really hard. But it, it was it, it, his whole life. Okay, so, well, not his whole life. Uh, The rest of his life. Yeah, the rest of his life after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Okay, so you gave us three points now Mm -hmm. in this. Okay, so the first one, you know, I'm going to say, oh, wait, do you have anything to add before I Um, debate this? Well, I have a little different debate going on that, but... uh, Within yourself? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, ever (laughs) since you mentioned it. You talked about uh, how... Would they get a horse's head into a bed in the Godfather <laughs> movie? And um, I've been thinking about it ever since. I hate to say it, but basically, there was a chandelier above the bed, and I believe that they snuck in. Oh, they hoisted. They it used down. a pulley system and they hoisted the the oh, head right I down see. on the bed. I see. And he had no idea they were there. <laughs> okay. All right. So now there's four <laughs> points I have to argue here. Okay. So let's go over the the first one is just about El Capone and him. Uh, calling out for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And as Mondo already said, El Capone had syphilis. That's what eventually did him in. It was cardiac arrest due to the syphilis that did him in. But syphilis is a is a horrible disease when it's left untreated. It's highly treatable in the early stages of it. But once you go on, uh, it, it really, really is a horrible disease. This We don't know when he contracted syphilis. I mean, he was with prostitutes all the time. He had plenty of women. In fact, uh, one of our, uh, me and me and Mondo's friends growing up said that she used to um, see Al Capone, Larry's mom. Right. Yeah, used to, you know, date him. 
or mm. something to that effect. So, you know, he was with lots of lots of women. There's no saying when he contracted syphilis. I thought she said she knew Ozzy Osbourne too. I I think I think he wanted whoppers actually. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so that that is what I'm going to say about the El Capone Jimmy thing. All right. The second part of it is you said his bodyguards would often rush in thinking he was being attacked. Well, he was screaming because he had he was mad with syphilis. That's a thing. People people do stuff like this when they when they have advanced syphilis. We don't really see that often anymore because people get treated for this very early on. It's it's a very simple treatment and it's and it's and it's highly effective. So we don't see that nowadays. Yeah, the most amazing thing is that well, the story that I always heard is the reason that he never uh, got medical attention for it was because he was afraid of needles. Yeah, I, I heard that too. It's amazing. You have a guy that can order a hit on somebody. And I'm sure he tortured people in his day, but you know, bring a needle by him, and I mean, he wants no part of it. Even yeah. though it's going to ultimately lead to something much, much worse. You yeah, know? exactly. Now, okay, so to go on to the third point in this, you talked about the psychic. I have nothing to say about her. I have no research done on her. Yeah, um, but the, that, the that matters not to me at all. But yeah. the sighting that mm-hmm. the bodyguard, yeah. Jaime, yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, saw. Um, so, if you're in the mob and your boss tells you that he saw something, wouldn't it behoove you to say that you saw the same thing? But that isn't what happened. He came into the room and saw someone standing there and was like, hey, who are you? And then he disappeared. It wasn't that Al, he walked in and Compone went, look, look at the guy standing over by the window. He didn't say that. But still, wouldn't it, uh, Capone might trust you more than if you said that you saw the same thing but or, yeah. or saw, saw something else. He might say, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I believe you. Um, now, why don't you become my main hitman or my second hand man or my right hand man instead of lefty? <laughs> he was already his personal valet, so I don't know if he could. Well, get I, much I don't know. I'm that. just saying, you know, when my boss says that they see something, I see that too. Mm. Well, again, I think it had take it. It had been going on for a while at that point, so he was maybe a little late to the game if he was. Doing yeah. that. And also, are we going to believe a mobster chauffeur <laughs> named Jaime? Why would he lie? He's got every reason to lie. Every <laughs> single reason to lie. He's, first of all, he murders people. Second of all, he, I'm, I'm assuming he cleans blood off the backseat of the car. I was going to say, we have least. no, we do not want to, you know, tarnish the... The Jaime the name? <laughs> Cornish. <laughs> Jaime Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and also, too... Um, as the chauffeur, he probably saw a lot of things. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Even, even if he didn't participate, he knew of a lot of things happened. Right. This man is riddled with guilt. So all the reason to keep quiet. Yeah. Well, I do not believe, I, I do not believe that for a second. I believe he just, it was in his vested interest to agree with Capone's sightings. Well, again, it'd be one thing if Capone had said to him, I'm seeing him right now. Do you see him standing here? And he was like, yes, sir, I do see him. Like that, that, 
I understand that story, but that isn't the story. Yes, but what I'm saying is his bodyguards constantly hear him screaming, Jimmy, Jimmy, you know, <laughs> and then so, you know, so this the chauffeur makes up this story and goes, you know what? I saw somebody in the other room the other day. I I really think you're on to something, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Capone, Mr. Scarface. I, I really believe that that this is true. Now I yeah, I need to have a surgery for my son, so could you help me out with a couple dollars? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, as always, the listeners will have to decide. But yes. I do want to make one more point about the syphilis. So I do think that the syphilis um, certainly could play a part. However, he did not have late stage syphilis for that long. Like this, the time frame we're talking about was was many years before he was at his end. So I don't think that you can attribute the early sightings, the early screamings to just the syphilis. So also to Jimmy, uh, his um, Moran's brother in law. Mm-hmm. Um, that is kind of the reason why they did the hit. So there was there was supposedly uh, watchmen around the area that uh, saw Jimmy and believed that it was Moran, mm. and so they uh, radioed in or called in and said, "Okay, let's let's go ahead and do the hit." Mm. So Jimmy wasn't necessarily supposed to die. Um, they thought it was Moran. Not that they would save Jimmy, but uh, that's kind of the reason why they did it. Mm. So. Uh, this is, I, I believe this is a guilt thing too. I mean, Capone killed a lot of people. It, it, you know, and for him to feel that some of these people are after him afterwards, uh, you know, I, I really believe that it's possible that it's guilt. Mm. So anyways, I, I, we're going to go on to your second point, which is the voices. Yes. And the passersby. <laughs> um, so... Again, there's been, um, you know, you look around online, a lot of people talk about passersby, hearing things, seeing things, but I'm going to be honest, I could not find any first person accounts what? Uh, of this anywhere. Uh, the only wow. thing is I did find a photo that was taken by um, another uh, ghost, you know, image series people. I, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put the link up um, that uh, shows a mist. Uh, and then obviously to me, the big thing is what Mondo took his own photo. Uh, I will also say, going back to uh, previous things that we've talked about with Bachelor's Grove, I was freezing when we were at the St. Valentine's Day Massacre location. And when I thought about it while, while researching for this, I was not cold at any of the other stops that we made. So mm. I thought that was kind of not anywhere near as, as cold as that one. So uh, I don't know, you know, if that's anything, but I will say that, that okay. I was cold while I was there. It's a field. It's uh, not a field. Well, it's, it's a vacant, vacant spot. Vacant lot. So wind definitely can penetrate that and make you cold. And also, too, I was on that tour, and I was cold the whole entire time. <laughs> and I'm not often cold, so that was that was something to say. Um, it was on November, right? It was yeah. It was the week after Thanksgiving, I believe. Correct. So yeah, uh, it was cold outside. <laughs> That's the reason why you were cold. Mm. Yeah, you don't remember it because we didn't we didn't walk around the block of any other spot. Uh, we well, had whole time house to... was out in the middle of 
not not like any specific area. Like there wasn't yeah, a we lot were of out shield there for like two minutes. <laughs> we were out there for like 10, 15 minutes as mm. Tony, our our tour director. Amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. Um, and uh, as he was talking and he was giving us the history. So we had to walk a block. It was wet out too. I remember that. I think it had just snowed too. Um, maybe that was like slushy stuff or something like that. I was freezing too, but it was because it was cold outside. Okay. Okay. Do you have anything to add to the... Passersby, I'm going to debate your um, picture at the end of the debate, though. Oh, okay. saving yeah. the yeah. best for last. Um, not really. I, I think I summed it up earlier. And yeah. I've been there a lot of times. I never saw anything. Um, you know, it is odd that there are no other accounts. You know, so, I mean, when you read something like that where they're saying, you know, people have said, you know, I mean, that's just legend. That's urban legend. People mm-hmm. are saying that they hear things or things like that. So, I mean... Believe it or not, I'm actually on the skeptical side of what? things with that. I mean, everything By the I've way, mentioned. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. <laughs> but I thank you for bringing your amazing photo, which totally convinces me. Exactly. And oh that, yeah, I remember that, that photo. The yeah. photo is what kind of changed my my mind about that. I mean, yeah. once you finally see something like that, it's like wow. You know, I have you down as point four. Of the three points uh, that Rebecca brought up, and then you're the fourth. So I'm going to argue that. And its own. Okay. I'm going to give you time to argue your oh. your case, and I'm going to argue it uh, individually. I'm not going to keep you in the passerby car- uh, category. Okay. So then we have the bricks. Yes. All right. So again, I could not find any firsthand accounts of people who had bricks, said they were haunted, had bad luck or had bad things happen to them because of them and returned them to Patey. So it doesn't mean that there aren't any out there. I just was unable to find them. The only thing I found was on hauntedhouses.com. They went to that mob museum in Las Vegas and I had a psychic with them. And I'll give you a quote of what they said. It is amazing that all the bricks are still together. The bricks are said to have soaked up a boatload of negative energy. While most were kept together, hoping to sell them as a wall, some were smuggled out and sold. However, they were returned when the recipient suffered from bad luck and misfortune. Again, no exact examples. But he said that the wall itself radiates a negative, uncomfortable aura, and I did not get too close. Okay. That was it. (laughs) The only evidence I found. So... Okay, so he found it amazing that that all these bricks are still together. Mm-hmm, pretty much. That I, I think we already explained why that happened. There's nothing supernatural about that. Yeah. Uh, they were returned uh, to Patey, which his was it daughter-in-law or was it? Uh, niece. Niece O'Leary. Yes. Um, gave them to the Vegas, um, the Vegas Mobster Museum. Mm-hmm. That's why they're together. I mean... Mm-hmm. If she, if they bought them one by one, still there's proof that they went out and got these things. It's that's not supernatural at all. Now the radiating aura of these of these bricks, I can't speak to because I never saw these bricks. But what I will say is that I think that's all a trick of lighting, or it's all in their heads. They know what happened around these things, and there's a whole big ghost story about the bricks bringing bad luck. Also about the bricks. So there's nothing to say that these people wouldn't have had bad luck had they not bought the bricks. 
Now, I want to bring up a, um, a thing about curses. When, when somebody receives a curse, a lot of it has to do with, with their mind. A lot of it has to do with them believing in this curse so much so that they attribute everything to it. And when you said, when you wake up in the morning and you say, man, today's going to be a really bad day, what's going to stop it from being a bad day? Not much. You already have your mindset on that idea. You already have your mindset that there's going to be bad luck. I just do not believe that. Uh, that we have enough evidence to use these bricks to to say that there was really a ghost story there. Yeah, it's not like anybody's going to look at the bricks and say, you know what, I got these bricks that were used for this you know, horrible sling, and yeah. you wouldn't believe it. I won the lotto the next day. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, yeah it wouldn't, wouldn't be as good. And I mean, of course, there's going to be some something negative to go with yeah. that. You know, you're always going to say that. So Also, too... Why did people purchase these bricks? Was it because they needed bricks? No, it was because they were from the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. They go into it with the with the idea that they are buying something from this very... Um, yeah, it's like, oh, those are the bricks? Yeah. They're, that's bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. Yeah, well, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep them in my house yeah. now. You know, I don't know. And then you're going to say every bad thing that happens after that is attributed yeah. to those bricks. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to shock you and say that I also don't believe that the bricks are what? haunted. No. What? I, I do think there's a chance that Capone was haunted, and I do think that there have been there's potential energy that's at the location itself that manifests itself on occasion, but I do not think that the bricks are haunted. I found no evidence whatsoever for that. I found a, a really great blog I'll, I'll post the link to of a guy who's been following the wall and Patey and all this for, for many years, and he makes it absolutely clear that he's found no evidence of haunting. Okay, well, then I guess we could move on. And <laughs> the last point would be Mondo's photo. Ooh. Now, Rebecca, would you like to say anything first before I speak? Mm. Um, no, just that I've seen it and I found it believable. I, it was creepy and I was not able to explain it. And it was weird because I was there and I did not see this. So it's definitely something that was captured on photo. And again, I know Mondo and I was there when he took this photo and I know in my heart that he did not Photoshop it. Yeah, you know, we can argue other things I don't know. about he's good. it. He's good at Photoshop. <laughs> he is, actually. So. Well, someday we'll get to my story, because, uh, of course, you know I have a story. But part of that story is that it happened with my best friend. And yeah. it's one of those things where I believe her with my whole heart. Like, I know that she and she believes me, you know? So it's like, this: if there's one person in the world you can trust, it's this person. And so... I just... Oh, I don't trust him at all. He's, he's very shady. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, so to me, that, that just takes that to another level of trusting the photo. Okay. So, Mondo, what would you like to say before I get into my defense of your, of your photo? The photo's real. That's it. And, um, you know, it's if you look at it, and like you guys had mentioned, it was a cold day in November, so it's not like it was a bug, you mm -hmm. know? Um, it wasn't, uh, light as I explained earlier. I don't believe that it was somebody, you know, playing a trick and shining a light. It definitely wasn't Photoshop. I didn't, didn't add anything to the photo I, whatsoever. I, 
I disagree. I think it was light. Um, but okay. And anything else? Um, I don't think light is going to bounce around like a boomerang and it fly from the haunted tree and go back to the haunted tree. Uh, absolutely it can. That's <laughs> the whole idea behind light is that it can be, uh, it could move. You know, like if I have my watch on and light's reflecting off my watch, when I move my wrist, what happens to the reflection? It moves. Yeah. So, okay. Here's my thing. I, I think your photo is very interesting. Um, how often do you look at, at pictures you took on your cell phone and search for something like an orb when they weren't taken at such a site like this? Never. 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 Right? I'm not looking for it. And yeah. uh, after this happened, I started looking for it. So yeah. once I found something, I'm like, I'm going to go through all my photos and see what else I have. I have a lot of photos. I couldn't yeah. find anything. But I'm just saying that you um, you looked because of where we were. Sure. So and, well, actually, I was just, I wasn't even looking. Let's say for something like that. I was just looking at the photos, and it, it was a light that caught my eye. Okay. You know, when I got to that photo, I was like, you know, the light. What is that? It, well, it was like circular in the yeah. first picture, and mm -hmm. I just kind of zoomed in and was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then, yeah, I went, uh, that's when I hit edit, and I looked at it, and, you know, it was moving in a way that I don't think light is, you know, sure. is going to do that. Sure. So is it possible that this light or whatever it is that you think that you saw could have come from something other than a spirit? I don't know. I'm, I'm... When it comes down to that, I mean, I'm just as curious as anybody else as to what it is, basically. Okay. So, it, you know, I'm I'm not fully convinced that it's a spirit, but I'm interested in what other people's opinions are of it. So, um, that's a vacant lot. It's a big, it's pretty big vacant lot. I would say yes. it's like a double size lot for that area. Um, maybe even triple size lot. Yeah, right? for it's, sure. It's really big. It's a big open area around that area. I mean, it was a garage that had trucks and stuff in it. Yeah. So yeah, it was a yeah. big space. It's, it's pretty big. And um, there are buildings around that that particular spot. And I'm just thinking, could it have been a neighbor turning on a desk light or something like that, moving this desk light? I, I know you don't believe it's light, but it had to be because we didn't see it. You know, it, it it had to be a light source because it showed up in the photo without us seeing it with our eyes. Right, and that's that's what I couldn't explain. I didn't see it with my own eyes. It, it wasn't until I got home and looked at the photo. Yeah, could it? Have, is it possible? Is there even a slight possibility that it could be a neighbor kid messing with us, knowing that we're there on a ghost tour? I'm gonna say no on that one because. If a kid was making, first of all, we would have seen it. They would have flashed it in our eyes. They would have done every, like a kid wants to get noticed. So if some kid is like pointing some like oddly very focused flashlight that you see no trail of light coming to the spot, just the spot itself, like they would, if they had some sort of machine that could do that, they would totally be doing it on the ground. They'd, they'd want to make sure that the whole group of people saw it and like make a big thing about it. Okay, but is it possible that it's some kind of outside source that we are not thinking of? It could be like a car headlight or something like that. Or as I said, like the watch thing. Uh, I have inadvertently shined light into people's eyes a lot with my watch just because of the way that I hold it up. 
And sometimes I keep going just because, you know, I hate people. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I mean, it is possible that there is some kind of outside source. And because of that possibility, I do not believe we can take this as evidence to say that it is definitely proof that there is an existence of of ghosts at this location. Also, too, with orbs, we don't really know that orbs are ghosts. That's what our assumption is. Mondo does not look happy. <laughs> no, you're like way over a minute. You know, yeah. no, this isn't the closing argument. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're going to get your minute, man. Oh, You'll okay. get a minute. All right. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about that. I, say, I think yeah. it's time for closing arguments. We're ready. It sounded like a closing argument to it me. It did a you little bit. You were like bit. working in there. So it's like the pre-closing argument. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's the how debate. he keeps it to a yeah. minute. That's mm-hmm. the debate. Mm-hmm. That's why we have this like section called the debate. That supports me. Yeah. And a debate means that we have a free form conversation about it. And then you have one final minute at the end to lump everything together and to give a final plea out to the voters. That is that is what the show was. In fact, we started doing the debate before we did the closing arguments. So the closing arguments just happened in the last few episodes. And that was a newer thing, but the debate is really what Ghostly's all about. He is in debate mode. He's going to debate everything. <laughs> He's debating the debating and the closing yeah. and the arguments yeah. and the. Yeah. Okay, you're in. You're in your zone. I am. I am definitely <laughs> zoning. Um, okay, but I think it, it is time for our closing arguments. And here is the thing: I am fighting two people. You guys, uh, you guys each get a minute, so you guys have two minutes. I really think that I should get more than one minute. We can give hmm. you two minutes if you'd like. How about like a minute and 30 seconds? Okay. Even though I won't need it, but uh. <laughs> yeah, like last week. Uh-huh. All right. So, Rebecca, you are up first. Okay. You have one minute okay. to give a final plea out to the voters. Okay. We cannot debate anything that you say in this one minute. You are clear to say whatever you want. My focus will not be on debating you, uh, your your closing argument. I already have my closing argument written. Okay. So I'm going to set the timer. Let okay. me know when you are ready. I'm ready. Did you say go? Yes. Okay. Okay, here, we'll start it over again then. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. Okay. And go. All right, so I believe that there are hauntings associated with the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. It was a monumental event. There is a lot of psychic energy that has been focused on this event. It's something that's known all over the world, If even if people don't know all the stories, and certainly in Chicago, it was huge. So I do think that Capone was haunted. Now, we could say it was in his own mind, or maybe he actually had a ghost, but I certainly think he was haunted in his own way. And I absolutely have been convinced by Mondo's photo that there is energy at the location because his, that photo is unbelievable. And there's just, again, too many reports of people walking by and seeing and hearing things. And I don't think it's the old folks. I mean, seriously, they're in a brick building. You're not hearing them screaming. If they, if people could hear screaming from the old folks' home, trust me, that wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> Jeez. All right, I'm done. I don't need any more time. Oh, well, your minute is up right now anyway. So. Okay. All right. Um, I think now it's Mondo's It's Mondo's time. turn? All right, so, I'm going to time you, Mondo. Okay, make sure you keep it at one minute because, <laughs> I will. you know, he's... 
he's trying. He's trying here to um, to push the boundaries as it is. So. I'm going to okay. keep it simple. Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Okay, are you ready? Sure. Okay, here we go and go. Well, I think that uh, there's just too many things that uh, have happened, or people that are saying things uh, about that site for it not to have some type of energy. And um, as far as El Capone goes and Alcatraz and having syphilis and everything, it's funny that he saw Jimmy throughout all this. So during his advance time, you know, also while he was in jail. So, I mean, the one constant was that he was haunted by this guy named Jimmy. You know, um, as far as my photo, take a look at it and judge for yourself. Can I drop this? Wow. <laughs> all right. No, you cannot drop the You only the took mic. 30 <laughs> seconds. Nice. All right. So, so you want a minute and a half? Um, so that's what you feel you need? Yes, I think I might need, how about a minute and 15 seconds? I- I'm going to give you a minute and a half. You don't have to use it Okay. All. I don't think I will. Okay. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. And go. I think, I think that we can all agree that Capone's sighting could either be guilt or is raging syphilis. So I won't waste time with this one. The people passing by and hearing noises, I didn't hear anything when I was there, so I can't really explain this, but I don't believe this is supernatural. Also, it's across the street from a busy pizza place that has a three-hour wait that people could be hearing them screaming. (laughs) The bricks are purely legend, and we can't say that they wouldn't have had bad luck if they didn't have these bricks. Besides, if all of these bricks are returned and we don't know where they are now except for the Mobster Museum, all we'd have to do is find a man with the worst case of bad luck and we'd know exactly where they are. As for Mondo's picture, I think that there is so many other possibilities as to what this light dancing around could be. I think it's naive for us just to assume that it's an orb because of the site at which the picture was taken. We'd need to go through every single picture that Mondo took on his cell phone and um, give them all the same scrutiny that he gave the picture because of the location. Done. Okay. Oh. He, 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 did, he did do that. I did. No. Oh, he did. He did. We would need to do that. Oh. I, and by the way, this is not, this is closing arguments. Okay, we, yeah. we can't debate it. Sorry. But no, I'm saying that we would need to ah, go through the okay. same scrutiny okay. that he's asking us to go through for this particular picture. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm sure Mondo doesn't want us to look at all the pictures on his phone. No, you're welcome to it. All right. Wow. I'm going to be doing that for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so... That brings us to the end. Yeah. Thank um, you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks really for having me. It. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. So and what's what's going on with you? Do you got you have anything to push? Yeah. My wife, uh, Halloween Jean, I don't want to push her, but <laughs> <laughs> I will tell everybody about it. And yeah. uh, she has a website that's really cool and her Facebook page. And um, it's uh, HalloweenJeans.com. And you can find her on Facebook at Haunted Emporium. And I know it sounds like just, you know, ghostly, but she covers a lot of music and oddities in in Chicago. And, um, you know, she is also uh, helpful to a lot of bands and uh, getting them uh, a start and getting other people to listen to music that they otherwise wouldn't have heard. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome site. I really like it. I like the magazine. I like all about it, and we've talked about it on this podcast before. Yeah. Um, we're, we're really big supporters of her. That's awesome. She works really hard at it, and I mean, for anybody that's interested in submitting music to her or something, just uh, contact her that way. Oh, and um, I have one more thing to ask uh, mm-hmm. from you. 
Can you do me a favor and read my t-shirt out loud? Wait a minute. 2.5 billion smartphones, still zero evidence for ghosts. Uh, except that and you what does it say at the have end? that. I can't read it. Go figure, I think. Go figure. Well, yeah. Go figure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's still zero evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just not I'd end with that. <laughs> if think, you want me to read your shirt, I could read your shirt too. Yeah, it doesn't say anything. Oh, okay. In that. But um, uh, I would like you to look at my photo. No, again. We're, we're gonna put it on the website. Yeah. And we're gonna ask people to look at it. Awesome. The Absolutely. people decide on this on this podcast. It's not just me, even though team team skeptic, hashtag team skeptic. Um, pretty much wins the debate every single week. No, not every week. Definitely not. Just about. So Team Believer, let's get out there and vote. Hashtag Hashtag Team team Believer. believer. Uh, So we'll definitely have Mondo's uh, photo, a little video really, and uh, and a poll for that. And then we'll just have a general one for the haunting of the site. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So our next episode will be in honor of President's Day. And we will have a presidential ghost story for you. And it does not involve Trump, actually. No, I am very, I am so excited about this. It takes us a little bit outside of Chicago, which is good for us. And it's just, it's it's involving the greatest president, so or well, well, one of the. Well, don't give too much away. I know you're a big Andrew Jackson fan, so <laughs> don't give too much away. But this will be coming out on February 20th. Yes. Uh, we're going to ask that you stick around till after the music at the end because we are going to be releasing our contest. Yay! It's information. Time. Yeah. yeah. And ways that you could win. Yes. Yeah. Dead on paper. Dead on Paper is an amazing website. They have amazing products. I love them. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. I carry a Dead on Paper coin with me every single day. No, like you actually purchase products for yourself. Yes. And Before then I even reached decided, out to them. Oh, these would be great to work with for And it was me league. that reached out to them. Yeah. They didn't come to me. Yeah. I, I went to them. No, we so. really do like these products. Yeah, absolutely. So we will be talking about that after the outro. We're doing this so that we have something that we could put in every episode and we could record it and we don't have to keep talking about it. So we can well, get all the details out. we're going to keep talking out. about it. Don't worry. <laughs> and uh, and you're going to hear more about us being at C2E2. Yeah, you say that really weird. It's very C2E2. exciting. Hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. I've never been. All right. Well... Uh, Thank you guys very much for listening. Remember to stay after the music for more details. Bye. 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 Now for the contest details. We'd really like to thank you for listening and supporting Ghostly, and we wanted to find a way to give back to you. So we contacted Dead on Paper and asked them if they'd like to partner with us on a few contests. Yeah, Dead on Paper is one of my favorite companies, Rebecca. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I, I've heard tell. Yeah. Uh, you have to see their products, though, to really understand and appreciate what they do. They make quality art in a very unique way. They make coins, which Pat carries every day with him. Every day. Every day. 
playing and tarot cards. They're like dual function cards. They do both. It's great. And pins. Yeah. It's just incredible, the merchandise that they have. Uh, They went way beyond what I could have ever imagined by giving us so much merchandise to give away. So we broke this down into a few contests, and uh, we will be releasing more contests in the next few episodes leading up to C2E2. All of these contests start on February 6th and end on March 24th, 2019. Oh, that's the end of C2E2, right? Surprise! Yeah, because Ghostly will be at C2E2, and we hope to see you there. Yes. So the first contest, we're going to call this the Grand Prize. For this contest, we are asking for the very best ghost story. And all you have to do is send us an email at info at ghostlypodcast.com with your ghost story. Yes. Then on March 25th, we will put every story on our website and start a poll for the listeners, that's you guys, to vote on which one you would like to hear on a future episode of Ghostly. It's up to you the winner, if you would like to come on the podcast and tell your story, or we could just read it for you. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing you were going to say about oh, this Oh, yeah. One? I did want to make sure it was clear that this is a ghost story that's true. Not true, but okay. Believed. Believed to be true Believed by someone. to be true. Something that either happened to you, or it could be something that happened to someone you know, but it needs, it's not like a fictional, like a pure fictional ghost story. Yeah. So the next contest is open to anyone with Facebook. Oh, all right. What you would need to do is go to the website, which is https colon slash slash ghostlypodcast.com slash dead on paper. All one word for that dead on paper. Yeah, it's a little tricky. Unfortunately, some browsers will automatically add www when you type in a website. Even if you didn't type www, it adds it. So yeah. just check if for some reason you can't get on the site, if it added a www, just take that out. Just take it out, yep. yep. So HTTPS colon slash slash ghostlypodcast.com slash dead on paper. Yeah. And then on that page, there's going to be links to like Ghostly's Facebook page and dead on paper's Facebook page. And each one of them will give you a certain amount of points to enter into the contest. Mm-hmm. So going to our website is the only way that we track. We can track the Facebook likes. So you need to go to our website. What was it again? https colon slash slash ghostlypodcast.com slash dead on paper. Right. So you have to go there and like our pages through that site in order to be entered into the contest. Yeah. If you just randomly like it on Facebook, uh, we have no way of knowing that you did. Yeah. So, so. just make sure you go go out to our site and, and like, uh, make sure you've liked both pages and then it'll give you the opportunity to enter. And make sure that you listen to the next couple of episodes because there's going to be more contest. It's going to be a lot of fun. A, a lot of fun. It, chances to maybe meet us. What? I know. That's not the prize. I mean, you oh. could meet us. I mean, that well, is that, a prize. Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. It's either that or a punishment. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys very much. And we hope to hear from you with your ghost story. Can't wait to read them. All right. Bye. Bye.